Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing and tries to make it a little more easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. But we're not the only ones here. Are there Someone ghosts? else is here. <laughs> yes, the call is coming from inside the house. No. No, it's not true. We Well, I don't know if the call is coming from inside the house. That doesn't make any sense. But we have guests today, so we must behave ourselves. Uh, this week and next week, uh, our friends from the Paz Pop, Paz, it's it's not Paz Pop is what it's actually called. It's Positivity Pop Culture, is the full name. Positively Pop Culture, but we do positively. Yeah, yeah it was called Paz Pop. It's like oh, Paz Pop, Paz Pop, Paz Pop, Pop. The Paz Pop Podcast, because it's fun to say Paz Pop Podcast. <laughs> Carrie Gessner and KW Taylor are here to join us uh, to talk about things. Um, thanks for coming. Thank you for having thanks us. For having this is going to happen a lot, probably. Yeah. We're all going to talk at the same time. It's going to be chaos, but that's all right. Um, yeah, so uh, KW and Carrie are both writers as well. Uh, we all went to the same MFA program. And, uh, yeah, when we talked to them about, like, what what problems do you have with writing? What do you want to address and stuff? We, we got a little more um, technical of technical things. So this week, we're going to talk about, and this is actually a really good, I, I like this topic a lot because this is something I've struggled with. How the heck do you write time travel? <laughs> it is it makes your easy. brain melt. Yes. <laughs> very, very carefully. <laughs> and that's why I don't write it. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there. it's it's tricky because, you know, all these times you see these, you know, these time travel shows, you know, you've got like, you're like, um, uh, Terminator, right? So there's the time travel in there. Where it's like, what? How could he be the, you know, or the the Heinlein story where he's he's his own mother and father? It's like, oh, uh, I'm not sure that works that way. <laughs> How do you know that you'd be born out of that? That doesn't what? Um, and then or like you know, Bill and Ted and uh, Back to the Future and all these different ways of of how once you break the laws of causality, how does that affect things? And so I think what we talk about today is, is if you want to do a story about time travel, what are the sort of things you need to to prep, to have thought out beforehand? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that you should decide is is the rules of how time travel works for your internal piece. Because, you know, I mean, we all want to think that maybe time travel could exist, but it, it doesn't that we know of right now. Oh. So um as a science fiction writer, or, you know, even if your piece isn't strictly science fiction, you just need to decide how you think it works for you um, and whether you want to allow what's called a paradox to occur. Yeah. Do you want to explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So a paradox would be where you do break the laws of causality and create something that is sort of a loop that doesn't necessarily make sense any longer. That's kind of the shorthand of it. There's a lot of like paradoxes are also a logical conundrum and we could spend an hour just talking about that. Um, but an example that I like to use is the book um, Kindred by Octavia Butler, where a character goes back in time and meets one of her own ancestors and saves him from getting killed. Yeah. So I, I've actually assigned this book to, to undergrad students before and their little minds are blown when I start to explain now if she needed to exist in order to go back in time and save him from getting killed, then how did she ever exist in the first place? And they just <laughs> kind of lose it. <laughs> you're, just, they, you're just mopping up the brain goo on the floor. Right. Like, Wait, right. but, ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was like, a, or like an end game, you know, where yeah. 
they talk about that and and I like that they took a, a slightly different tack with that one where you you aren't going back in time you're you're it's still your your present your future mm-hmm. is still the past for this person and so but yeah like what if you meet yourself what yeah. if you kill yourself yeah. what if you kill your parents do you you know do you start to do the whole back to the future thing right right so back to the future would take the opposite stance from from the kindred uh, mm-hmm. idea where if Marty McFly prevents his parents from meeting, he starts to disappear. And I think that's the, the variant that most people understand. But this idea of this paradox inherent in the in the story, that gets people a little bit more uh, nitpicky usually. So if you want to make that happen, you've got to, for your own self as the author, internally decide a paradox is okay, maybe, and you hand wave some reason for it. Like, <laughs> Perhaps it actually creates a separate timeline um, mm-hmm. and that that's okay. That's sort of the splinter idea that um, actually the sitcom community would take that mm-hmm. stance because it creates yes. split timelines that are that are suddenly separate from each other. So you can't go back to um, a different time when something else didn't happen. So I think that's what Butler probably decided for herself is that there's some kind of reason why this would work based on multiple timelines. But you also have to understand time travel fiction doesn't have to be hard science fiction. It can be social or soft science fiction, meaning it's really less important about the technology or the rules of it. And it's more about the sociological impact and and like the cultural reasons for going either backwards or forwards in time. So Back to the Future is a comedy. So the science is not as important. Kindred yeah. is more of a um, historical novel, so the science is not important. Um, but for something like... Um, I think that for Terminator, the science, or at least some of the timeline stuff, may be a little bit more important because it's edging a little closer to that kind of adventure, pseudo-hard science fiction, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And something like The Time Machine by H.G. Wells is a lot closer to like an intention of a a proto-version of hard science fiction where the the machine Mm -hmm. itself is a little more important. So you just have to kind of first decide what you're really going for. Is this really about the time travel mechanism or is it about the interesting cultural and personal elements of going backwards and forwards in time and i also i think it's i think it's telling that we immediately started referring to other things right away yes um so and i don't think there's anything wrong with that of like am i going to do a community model am i going to do a uh, Bill and Ted, uh, Back to the Future model. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do a Bill and Ted model. Like what? You know, it's fine to use those models because it's really not that many different options. You right. Know? Like, yeah. so you have to kind of pick pick the one that's gonna work, and then you gotta really make sure you understand it mm-hmm. and like think about it really hard. Because I I wrote a time travel book, and you know it was it took me a long time to be like okay, so they would not yet have done. <laughs> that yes so which that's my plotting thing anyway mm-hmm. i mean that's how i pl- like just that sort of like wait so that means that the and then to have to do that in with you know different timelines mm-hmm. it, it almost broke me yeah um <laughs> i mean my but that was also the fun of it yeah it is and my first time travel novel was my thesis novel in our mfa program and it took me um all told from the time i actually really started it took me about three years to write that book but the second book has taken me already four years and I'm not done. And I think that's partly because this this genre is very, very difficult. Um, 
another thing you have to maybe rein in a little bit for yourself is how ambitious you want to make it. How many mm. how many different places and times are you having people go to? Because that just that's just going to mean more research work for you. Um, I do a lot of the time travel set in the past, so I yeah. end up researching all these different time periods and locations and down to the minutia of what kind of door hinge would they have had in this year oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. I write historical fantasy. Like, that's the best part. Yeah. Hey, you can find all this stuff. And two, if you don't feel like writing, uh, you can just take time to look it up, which is actually what we talked about last week. Is yeah. It's one of the things that'll, you know, could be good or bad, double-edged sword. Right. So research, historical research especially is super fun. If you're writing in the future, then you have to do almost like the opposite of research where you have to invent technology. Like you have to invent just the the day-to-day stuff that would exist in that time. So regardless, you're either inventing or researching. So in the second book, even though it's taken me longer, I decided to have them go to far fewer different times. Because you um, do, do world building for every setting. Yeah, exactly. Um, with the first book, <laughs> I printed out a calendar for every single year that they went back in time to the whole year and plotted yeah. out every date that they would have been to make sure I wasn't creating a continuity error. And then I still had multiple people read it just for continuity. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, but it also was like probably the most rewarding book I've ever written because of all that. Because it locks into place like a little like a little puzzle. When you get it, it's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is so intimidating, you guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking, too. I'm like, I'm nope. Like, this is why... I like time travel, but I'm like, okay, we're going to do it once and then you're just going to stay there. <laughs> I, I love consuming it, creating it, not so much. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think like um, there's a more recent time travel TV show that I got really into called Timeless, and they would tend to, in each episode, really only go back to one time in each episode, and they would pretty much stay there. And I think if you're going to write a TV show about time travel like quantum leap did the similar thing that's probably mm-hmm. the way to go and not be flinging all over multiple centuries in each episode <laughs> yeah. yeah and if well, you then like production things too it's like hey in this one we need to make a set from ancient rome and also from 1800s london is that a yeah, problem <laughs> exactly um yeah and so i think too if you're if you're writing a book you feel like oh i have all this freedom i don't have those production constraints but you're still you know just one person so i think that one big piece of advice is decide what couple of different places you're going and, and maybe stick to that. And there's also something kind of beautiful about about a very subtle time period. I'm actually writing a, a section right now that's set in, um, it's set on the 4th of July in 1979 in Indianapolis. And oh, that fine. seems really mundane maybe, but it's also like that is so finite. It's, you know, within mm-hmm. recent-ish history, I can actually find photographs, I've been to that city, so I know where things are geographically and how old the buildings are. So I made it something that I knew a little bit about, um, a time period that at least felt semi-familiar. And it's very easy to research. And yet you can go deeper because you've got more detail available to you. Whereas it, I had another scene set in the early 40s, and I had to do so much more research to mm-hmm. do that. So I think there's nothing wrong with kind of playing to what you yourself know. That's a good idea. And then, you know, and, and, and the whole things that make it complex. It can be much more complex if you're traveling around, if you're interacting with yourself mm-hmm. versus, oh, I'm gonna, just going to be in Tokyo and no one's going to like, yeah. I, it doesn't matter what it, or do you want to talk about the causality of stuff or you just want to have people bop around or, right. you know, those can make it harder or easier. 
Yeah. There's also kind of, I would say there's a whole nother branch of time travel that we hinted at it with Terminator, but um, there's also another series called Travelers that does this where you actually, you're, they're technically going back in time, but they're from the future that we never see. So everything is contemporary. So it's okay. set now, but it's still time travel to the past. Mm-hmm. And so you actually, if you were doing that as a film or a TV show, your production is really just presenting a contemporary piece, which is much easier. And in terms of you as an author writing a book, um, you really don't have to do that much research. You've got to imagine the future, but you're not actually showing it. And you're focusing on things happening in the present day. But you're dealing much more with that hard science fiction idea of causality. Um, People are Mm -hmm. actively changing the past is what we're seeing on the page um, to influence the future that we don't necessarily see. So time travel doesn't have to feel like historical fiction at all if you don't want it to. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important piece, too, is to think about why are you doing the time travel, right? Because it can come off a little gimmicky if you're just like, oh, well, because I just want to show characters in this world and I like this time period. Like, there has to be a reason for the time travel to exist or for the Mm -hmm. characters to want to travel back in time or, or forward in time. And so you have to also know what the intention is and how much time they're going to spend in that place mm-hmm. um, and, and to what end. So when you're talking about travelers or 12 monkeys, right, they're going back, they're trying to reverse something that's already happened and change the world for better. So then you have to think about, okay, now how do I need to structure my time travel rules and the, and the logic to be able to make that a reality? Yeah. Yeah. 12 monkeys is another great example. And I think, that and travelers are good examples of being able to tell this really complex story that has allegorical reaches to you know present and recent past society and yet you're using this future society as your um, eventual endpoint while keeping your budget nice and small by just having day-to-day normal contemporary scenes that you're shooting so yeah having a having a logical reason for it but you may have practical reasons that then uh, cause you to have to kind of unpack that backwards a little bit if that's your goal Mm -hmm. um but you also need to consider your audience and there was a lot that I ended up cutting from my first book to make it a little bit more sensical um it was a lot more complicated in earlier drafts and a lot more jumping around in time and I had to streamline that a lot when you write time travel you end up starting to think pretty quickly and clearly your own rules but somebody reading that cold is not going to get that Um, so I think if you're having beta readers or editors look at your work, you have to be very patient and forgiving of them because every piece of time travel writing has a different rule set and you know that backwards and forwards, but they don't. So making Mm -hmm. it pretty clear is important. It's then, then, then you go into the whole problem of, oh, how do we do exposition and world building in a way, you know, so yeah, that that's it. No matter what you are, you're we're building a world, and you're you have to show the rules of that world. And another thing that makes it kind of tricky is is that the rules are not normal rules, so you have to show that too. Yeah, yeah. But it it sounds like the biggest biggest thing since this is the writing easy podcast. Yes. Sounds like the biggest thing is just is prep. It's yes. just make sure you've got it all worked out. How this is going to work, mm-hmm. what you want to do with it, mm-hmm. and uh, keep to that. And you'll probably be okay. Yeah. And I, I think, too, a lot of time travel stories are very human stories. And the more mm-hmm. you can emphasize that human factor, especially if you're not trying to write really, really hard science fiction, very technical stuff, 
and instead maybe do that historical type that focusing more on the characters, the interactions, yeah. the interesting element of being in a place and time that you don't belong and trying to fit in. It can really be a, a lovely fish out of water, maybe even a star-crossed lovers kind of story. Um, you can have a lot of different subgenres on that, and that's what makes it so rich. That kind of like vampires, like we all as readers, viewers, we understand this basic trope of the thing, but it's then an infinite way that you can portray that. And as mm -hmm. long as there's heart at the core of it, that's what I find really powerful about it. Yeah, look at um, Outlander. I mean, yeah. it's a romance. With time travel, it like is. what? Yeah, it, yeah, and it's a romancy romance. It's not yeah. a time travel. It's not hard. I wouldn't call that science fiction hardly at all. Like, but that just shows how common that is, and that how it's just a, another setting, another uh, literary device mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah, that exactly. you can take advantage of. Yep, right. More like magical realism, right? Where you don't necessarily yeah. Yeah. have to explain how the magic works. It just kind of gets accepted into the storytelling and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in fact, magical realism, I think, is a great way to, to sort of think about the very non-technical versions of time travel. Like the time traveler's wife is was a yeah. huge bestseller. That is basically magical realism time travel, but it's also a romance novel, but it's also kind of an adventure novel. And the rules of it are so full of paradoxes and holes in the logic. Oh, yeah. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, it's I love that book. But yeah, yeah the why you time travel? It's genetic. Right. But, Period. That's it. You don't need but you don't yeah, not important. Don't ask. Yeah, yeah, so that's another good thing to take is that if it's not important to your story, you don't necessarily have to fill it all out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the rules are consistent, I think, within. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um so yeah, you just need to kind of ultimately it's a it's a decision making process of why you're using this device, what what your internal logic is and making sure you're consistent yeah and then just make it your own do it your own way yeah because you're in charge yep well great well i think we've pretty much exhausted everything you need to say about time travel we've got it all <laughs> <laughs> go forth Done. and write it i i will yeah. say one one final little note that if you're i i'm you know not super young anymore so i have a wealth of years that i actually lived through to to use as my knowledge base if I'm setting it in the 20th century. Um, but if you're writing about an era that you were not alive during, and I encourage you to do that, um, if it's still within the realm of filmed entertainment, I strongly encourage people to actually watch real movies, read real books mm -hmm. written in that period that take place in that period. Because one of the biggest tells that people will catch you on is, I don't think anybody was using that phrase then. And nobody would be dressed like that. And so, you know, yeah. shorthand a lot of your details if you're writing just just a novel. But people are really going to notice those tiny, tiny bits that don't quite fit. So, And there's so many things that, like, sneak in. Like, high-fiving. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, like, oh, high-five. Of course, it's so ubiquitous. But, like, dude, that was invented in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> like, it did not exist. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Just like writing accidental Earth-based slang into a fantasy novel. Yeah. Be careful that you don't have somebody using some phrase that would not have been in common usage in the period mm -hmm. that you're writing about. And I think, again, if you watch some some period pieces or things that actually were filmed in a certain era, that's just an easy way to to get the language down, get the patter of the dialogue down and avoid hear it. slang. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's my now. this is not to say that don't you don't need to do all that before you start. No, that can be something you can go back in a later draft and fix. Yes, exactly. 
Because um, that's the kind of thing that can really stop you cold if you're like, oh, God, am I saying it right? There's people who are going to be watching everything I say. They're yeah. going to be giving it like, da, 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 just get it out. You do a high five there if you want. And yeah. then later go back and go, okay, let's weed out these things. Exactly. Yeah. Your first draft, just get it just get it down. Don't worry about the details. But that is something to consider as part of your research. Or if you feel stuck and you're like, well, they're in, you know, 1935. So I've got a few minutes. Let me go just watch some clips of films from that from that era. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, find what works for you, as yep. always. Exactly. Well, KW, thank you so much for this great, all this great information about um, about time travel. And Carrie, I know you didn't say much. I but did not. Next week's episode, <laughs> we're going to focus on you. Cool. So we're, we're switching the love over. You're just kind of here to hang because, yep. you know, we're cool. I love hanging. Um, yeah. So where can we find your your stuff? Yeah. Um, so my time travel novel that I mentioned here is called The Curiosity Killers. And it came out a couple years ago from Dogstar Books. Um, you can find that any place you get your books. Um, it is available in both print and ebook. Um, and I'm hoping the sequel I'm still working on right now, but that's called The Girl with Mechanical Wings. And I hope that oh, comes out pretty title. soon. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise you can find me at kwtaylorwriter.com. And my Twitter is kwtaylorwriter. So. And the positively pod, pop culture. <laughs> See, pause pop is so much easier to say. Yeah. And the pause pop podcast. All right. The pause pop podcast comes out every what, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Wednesday. Friday, Saturday. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> if I get the editing. Some of my done. thing and I listen. I don't know. Every Wednesday, where you get podcasts. Yes. Um, and that's a really good one. And in fact, if you listen to a recent episode, you might hear some familiar voices. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, all familiar voices because you've just listened to this and now you know what KW and Carrie sound. Anyway, we're gonna um, <laughs> we're gonna end our episode here before I go off the rails completely. Um, and so, as always, we'd like to remind our listeners that writing is hard, so take it easy. I'm Mary, and I'm Melissa, and we also have uh, KW and Carrie. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.